0: Hello, and welcome to The Fro and the Float, presented by Burbs Entertainment. I'm your host, Ralph Campiano. I'm happy to be back, and I'm back with Jack, a.k.a. The Martian. The floats of my fro. Jack, how are you doing? It's been a long time since we talked. I had COVID. What was it like without me? It, it was tough. How are you recovering?
1: I'm fine now. Yeah, you beat it. You're a survivor. I, I watched a lot of hoops, and I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to be back together doing the pod. And it's great again to be welcomed by probably our most frequent guest at this point 303 Magazine's Carter Fairman.
2: Hello, hello. Happy to be back. Been watching a lot of football, but I need to get back into the groove of basketball. I mean, this past weekend of football was insane. So, got to get my mind right. Happy to talk hoops.
0: Yeah, I, I love football too, Carter. And, you know, we're getting, we're approaching where we have three games left. So basketball is just becoming more and more at the forefront of my mind. At the same time, football still consumes everything for me, especially this time of year. But today we're going to be talking about the 25 best players that are either 25 years old or younger. So there's a big, big wave of players to choose from here. It's actually kind of crazy when I was going through it. I assembled this list. Jack and Carter are not too familiar with the list yet. They've had a chance to glance at it, but this is pretty much my rankings. And I think we're going to have some disagreements here or there, but this is just part one of the episode tomorrow. We're going to be joined by Ben Masterson, um, our resident Spurs expert to talk about a specific Spurs player later. No spoilers. I think he's Um, the the only Spurs expert in the Midwest. Yes, for sure. Definitely in Iowa. And if not in Iowa, then in Iowa city, Iowa, um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I hate the fucking cliche, the league is in good hands, but after looking at this list, I'm like, holy shit, guys, like, the league keeps getting better. Like, where do you guys, how do you guys feel about, like, this current NBA right now as far as, like, all the young talent that we have to just just drool over?
2: It's so young. It's so young. It's crazy. And I know commentators say it a lot. It's becoming a veteran thin league, but – I mean, I'm looking at this list, like one through 10. I'm not going to spoil it, but people can probably make an educated guess. I mean, these are guys that are at the forefront of, you know, first team all stars and or soon to be first team all stars. And, you know, some of these uh, guys
1: like, are young. A lot of these guys are younger than us Mm-hmm. by yeah. like
2: some of them by a lot.
1: And it makes me feel like shit.
2: Yeah, we are fucking losers.
1: I mean, yeah,
2: wow. we are
0: f- real losers, dude. Dude, dude that's we're what I was I'm going using through, these
2: like, guys on 2K. I'm getting
1: excited when I open like a fake trading card pack, <laughs> and it flips over. I'm like, "Oh my god, I got like a pink Lamelo ball!" And he's like 20 years younger, like 20 years old. Fucking, just yeah. so rich. Probably doesn't get excited when he gets himself a 2K. He can just buy himself. I have to play All for right. like 12 hours <laughs> after my job. I think so.
0: I imagine the players automatically get themselves like you, you would have to, right? Like yes, we'll set that up. Somehow. Yeah, dude, they're not going to make them play like three on three challenges to unlock themselves. See, Lamello's the type of dude to have, like, 12 Lamellos on his team, too, like just 12 different versions of himself, like rookie year Lamello, second year Lamello, Lamello in February, Lamello in April, all that stuff. But, uh, and then, like, Nick Young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, all right, just some general observations about this list going forward. So we'll, we'll include the honorable mentions because there are a lot of them, but just to give people a little hint at what we're looking at here, 10 of these guys are in the top 25 in points per game. So we got some serious scores on this list. Three of them are in the top five in assists per game, and then five of them are in the top 10 in assists. Eight of these guys are in the top 25 in free throw attempts per game. So the old adage that the league is only going more towards threes, the young guys are a bunch of wussies, all that kind of stuff. That's fake. These guys are still getting to the line. And then eight of these guys are in the top 30 in PER. So the PER metric that John Hollinger created is primarily dominated by older players just because of the knowledge of the game and whatnot. But, I mean, there was a, another guy on this list who's going to be in the honorable mentions that was in the top 30 in PER, um, and that's Brandon Clark. So I'll just go with the honorable mentions right off the rip. So we have Brandon Clark, Jamal Murray because of injury, Zion Williamson because of injury, who Dasunmu who is just absolutely balling out, yes, sir. Jalen Brunson, Jordan Poole, Franz Wagner, Lou Dort, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bay, Tyrese Halliburton, Lowry Markkanen, Chris Duarte, Wendell Carter Jr., Miles Turner, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Giddy, Devin Vassell, Emmanuel Quickley, Mo Bamba, Robert Williams, and Jalen Green. Carter and Jack, I want each of you to just, while glancing at this, who's the biggest snub on this list? Who belongs on this list? You want to go first? I, I would just assume
1: based on like accolades and what we've seen, I would say Zion. Um, well, he's injured, so I, I didn't know. consider yeah, him Yeah, yeah, this. yeah. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. Probably Jamal Murray. I feel like out of this list, we've seen him have probably the biggest role in the most important games. Um, and he stepped up. Also I mean, that, injured. Also <laughs> injured. True. But I mean, like, I don't know. I Looking at the rest of the list, like I feel like you kind of nailed it. Larry Markin can still suck me.
2: I see two guys that stand out to me because of the impact that they bring miles Turner and Robert Williams. I don't think they're snubs, but I think they're a little bit of the head of the rest of this pack. Um, I like McCown bridges too. Robert, Robert Williams has figured out a way to not foul out in 10 minutes this year. And that's instantly made him like one of the best defenders in basketball. Uh, I mean, the guy flies. Time Lord is insane. Miles Turner is much of the same. Plus he's got a little bit of a three ball on him. Uh, You know, those are two guys that, like, I'm looking through this list, like, you know, City Bay can get out of here. Wendell Carter, yeah, Emmanuel Quickly, Devin Fassel. (laughs) But uh, Miles Turner and Robert Williams stand out to me uh, just because of their contributions. And I can't wait to see where Miles Turner goes next. Um, I think he's going to be a huge asset. I don't think Robert Williams is going anywhere.
1: No, he's a lifelong Celtic.
2: Yeah, and they and they would be smart to hold on to him. Um ah, God, I am so impressed by his game. He's he's probably the one that stands out the most to me. And he doesn't stuff the stat sheet, but that's a guy that's gonna be first team all defense like one year in his peak, if the Celtics uh manage to not be a joke one of these years.
0: Really underrated passer, but there will oh, be yeah. no Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, shade here. I don't know why you just had to throw shade at my dookie right there. He's balling in Orlando, and I know he didn't play for the Bulls very well, but you know, he was a young guy figuring out – uh, he was, had a big role on a, on a team that sucked ass. So. Yeah, but there and are a lot of guys same that are thing. balling in Orlando though. Sure. Okay, whatever. Well, um, I just wanted to Six, say – 6'8". I had some <laughs> factors that contributed to this list. I wasn't going off of this off the top of my head. I actually had some some kind of formula. So the formula is this. 25% of it is who would you rather start your franchise with. So I was thinking about all these players and I was just comparing them to one another. Who would I want to start with, so on and so forth. Contrarily, who would you want for one game? That's also 25%. And then 50% because those two things are you know, kind of hypothetical in a way. We can't predict the future or anything like that. But 50% of it is how well have you played this season so far. We're about 40 games in the season approaching the all-star break, so I think it's a good time to do this. And I think that's a decent enough metric. If you disagree with it, suck my ass. Number 25, we have a tie. Love this it. is the only tie on the list. I just wanted to include both of these players cuz I couldn't decide between the two. And that's that's really all it is. D'Angelo Russell, a 25-year-old point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves, averaging 19 points, 3.6 rebounds, 7 assists on 41 from the field, 35 from 3 and 81% from the line, and Tyrese Maxey, a 21-year-old point guard from Kentucky, in Philadelphia, averaging 17 points, 3.5 boards, 4.5 dimes, 47% from the field, 40% from three, and 88% from the line. If you had to start your franchise with one of these players right now, who would it be, Carter?
2: Piggy, all right, so first off, I'll say that's insane that D'Angelo Russell is 25. I feel like he's been in the league for 10 years. Me too. Um, right? Maybe it's because he's been everywhere, Uh, but... D'Angelo I would pick D'Angelo over Tyrese well see that's tough if it wasn't this season because D'Angelo's been playing better than he has in past years he's had a lot of really clutch shots for the T-Wolves and like it seems like they're more comfortable with him taking the game winner over Edwards and Cat which you know if that's what they want to do and it works and it works but uh, I think I'd start with D'Angelo Russell but Contrarily, Tyrese Maxey has one of my favorite playstyles of all guards. Like that really loose, wiry. I think we've talked about it in our chat before. Um, You know, like he's the least rigid point guard I've watched mm. this year. And 47, 40, 88 splits. And he takes a lot of threes. Um mm-hmm. You know, uh like can I say a tie if I have to pick? Or is that kind of a pussy move?
0: The- I mean, that's what I did, so yeah, yeah I think it's okay. Ty,
2: I, what do you think, Martian? Dude, I was, before
1: we started this, I was wondering if D'Angelo Russell was going to be on the list, just because I was thinking back to when we mm. first started doing the pod and how central D'Angelo Russell was to like what we talked about. I feel like we talked about D'Lo at least once a week for a while, Um Because that one Nets team he was just like fun on. And then he got hurt. He's on that shitty Warriors team. Um, So it was like it was nice to open this list and see him. Um, But I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I would do a tie just because like I've seen D'Angelo be like the number one guy on a playoff team. Granted, they didn't go far, but they got there. Um, But like, I don't know. He's pretty inconsistent in just terms of like staying on the court.
0: And even performance. Oh. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the tie as well. We obsessed over him. He was like our yeah. group chat name. It's Joy Taylor's Big Fat Jugs now, courtesy of Hato. But he used to be D'Angelo's disciples. That's where it all started. Like, we were, that was our guy. We loved him. Yeah. I love that lefty stroke. Um, I got to see him twice in person this year so far, and he's just a blast to watch warm up because he does not miss. And then when he's on the court, he does have a, a good central command. And It's hard with Ant and Cat, who are both on this list, spoiler alert. Um, You can't really have a heliocentric model, but I think that's kind of what Brooklyn did with him. They kind of put him in the Luka, James Harden role, and they thrived. And he had the right pieces around him. But as far as Tyrese is concerned, I agree with everything you said, Carter. He is a very fluid player. My first memory of him was the Champions Classic that Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, and Kansas all participate in every year at Madison Square Garden that's a great way to kind of showcase your talents and so i hardly watched kentucky that year but i remember watching the play i believe it was kansas and i think he had like 35 points or something like that and he hit a three from like malik monk kentucky range which is like six feet behind the three-point line just absolutely bald and i'm like okay this kid's legit has to be the number one guard that goes in the draft and then you have being like the 17th or 18th pick or something like that so he has that chip on his shoulder; you can see it, and I think he's a perfect pairing for Embiid. I'm gonna switch my pick. Yeah, I'm gonna take Tyrese
2: Maxey because I was so impressed with how he seized a number one point guard opportunity this year. You know, like that's not. To, and then also the 41% from the field in general. Like I'm just now seeing that. That's that's terrible uh, from D'Angelo Russell, and I think it's because he's got a really bad inside game. But um, Maxi finishes, dude, and like the grit he showed when, like, he had a chance to start and, like, he took that position by the balls, uh, I think I'd take him. Um, would you take either of these guys over De'Aaron Fox at 24?
0: That's, that's a good question. So De'Aaron Fox is 23 years old. He's averaging 21-4-5 and five on 46-25-74 <laughs> splits. Not great. Um, I think that people listening to this podcast are going to expect De'Aaron Fox to be higher, one, because – I don't know how many people know I'm a Kings fan because I'm not very vocal about it. But also, too, it's Darren Fox. He's a relatively big name. He's an explosive player, one of the freakiest athletes in the league, one of the freakiest athletes on this list. But for me as a Kings fan, I've watched three Kings games this year, and it's the same thing every time from every single one of their players. So there's no other Kings players on this list. I think we mentioned Halliburton in the honorable mentions. I'm sure that's a little bit of a surprise as well. But Fox is... He's grown stagnant. He's putting up the numbers and all that kind of stuff, but he hasn't proven to be a winning player, which is tough, granted, because he's on the Sacramento Kings. But the fact that he's still shooting below 30% from the three is just atrocious. Like, this is a guy who is uber competitive, and you would think that if there's one thing he should focus on, it would be three-pointers, and there just hasn't been that central progression that you're expecting to see from a franchise point guard. Yeah, you got to figure that out, especially as a point guard
1: today. Like, you can't beat... Like, look like how it's going for Russ. Like, not very well. So, and at 23, like, he obviously still has time to develop a shot. But the Kings have been butt for so long. I think it's, I was in kindergarten the last time they were in the playoffs. Maybe preschool. Um, they obviously they haven't, they've had a couple really good players on their teams across the years. Um, it's never worked out. I got recent reports have said that they want to hold on to De'Aaron and build around him still. So, see, yeah, I don't know. It's just not working. It's never worked. Um, I don't know if the solution is to fix Sacramento Kings. A lot of people have tried. They've all failed.
2: Um, yeah, here's the thing, right? And like, I'm going back to Maxie again. You know, they were both guards on the same team, right? No. Uh, not on the same team, but for the same program at separate times. Um, And, uh, I mean, I don't see where... All right, so De'Aaron Fox is probably better at pickpocketing. Like, he's better at cutting off passing lanes. But, I mean, he's... Like, how much better of a score is he going to the rack? He's not a better three-point shooter. He's a far worse free-throw shooter. And I think the kicker there is and Fox is the type of guy where, you know, they said they want to build around him, like you said, Marsha, but I don't, I don't think he's a number one guy. Um, And then at that point, you have to think he's a guy that I think is going to demand number one money because of the name Tyrese Maxey. I mean, how much money is any team going to pay him? You know, definitely not as much as Fox. So, um, yeah, the. 25% 25% from 3 is the biggest problem. I think if he could get that up to like 33% and uh you know I, it's 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 hard to judge anyone on the kings, you know,
0: but I think it would have been interesting to talk in this conversation like if I would have ranked these players based on their contract value, like the fact that Tyrese Maxey is a second-year player, he's making probably like four and a half million dollars compared to, I think De'Aaron this year is making like twenty-nine to thirty. Yeah, see, like I think I think I think that's interesting because obviously you'd have Tyrese above him because he's way outperforming according to the contracts. But as far as actual players and the fact, De'Aaron Fox is only twenty-three years old. Like, we just talked about D'Angelo Russell. Feels like he's been in the league forever. He's 25. Feels like De'Aaron's been in the league for a long time. Right. Like, he came out as a freshman from Kentucky, and, you know, he's still got his entire career ahead of him. He's probably not going to stay in Sacramento. I mean, if you heard that report, Jack, I believe that. But I also understand that they just drafted Davion Mitchell, so how much confidence... And Tyrese Halliburton the year before that, who all played the same position as Fox. So it's it's a clusterfuck of an organization. It pisses me off. but And I love De'Aaron. I, I really do, because he was just such a spark to that franchise that really, really needed it. Like he at least made games fun even though they were losing. And I don't know, it's just, it's just sad to see that he hasn't improved that three-pointer because that's really, that's the final step. And I think once he reaches that, he could, he, I mean, he's averaging 21 points per game right now without even being a threat from out there. If he can get to 36, 37, I'm not asking him to get 41, 42, then that dude's going to be up to like 26, 27 points a game minimum. He'll get more free throws. He'll get more mid-range so He'll get to his floater that he loves so dearly, and it'll open up space for his teammates. And that could be a difference uh, maker we'll, for them. Because, I mean, that bu- the bubble year, if they were close, right?
1: Right. Yeah, so that could be a huge difference.
0: And they're still trying for it this year. Maybe they'll get into the plan. Fingers crossed. They'd be fun in the plan. Um, all right, number 23, John Collins. Can we do so 23 and been-
2: 22 together? I think it would be good to talk about those two as a grouping.
0: That That's good, because there's actually another group of bigs that we're going to talk about later in the teens. So 23 is John Collins, a 24-year-old power forward from Wake Forest that plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And number 22 is DeMontis Sabonis, 25-year-old power forward slash center for the Indiana Pacers. Collins is 17, 8, and 2 on 54, 42.5, and 80, plus 1.7 stocks. Stocks is just steals and blocks combined. DeMontis Sabonis is 19, 12, and 5, on 57, 33, and 74, plus 1.4 stocks. So Collins, you look at the numbers, 17, 8, and 2, they're down. And that's natural because the Hawks is full a team full of stat-hungry players. And, you know, I think he's a supreme talent. I think any team would be lucky to get him in a trade. But the number that stood out to me is this dude shooting almost 43% from three. That is... Truly disgusting, especially for a guy with his bounce. We've seen the posters on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, but actually watching Collins play, like, he's a difference maker. I mean, I, I'm curious if you guys disagree with me having him below Sabonis.
2: No, um, I would rather have John Collins on my team, for sure. I agree. I picture him okay. on a championship team as, like, a third or fourth man. i like like, right. and his defense – Actually, that was a criticism that people had in his first couple of years of the league was he didn't try as hard as he should for his size. Um,
0: Lazy. Lazy.
2: And that's exactly what Sabonis does. I mean, the guy is such a loaf on defense and Sabonis is a great scorer, but, you know, someone on the Pacers has to score. And And I know they have good talent, like they have a decent amount of scores, but I just, I don't know. I've never been super high on, Sabonis, his numbers are down a little bit. I think his rebounding is maybe up, but uh, I see John Collins contributing to a team in a playoff run. I mean, we saw it last year, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would flip those two.
0: No, it's fine by me. I think it would be interesting if they swap teams. Miles Turner, John Collins, front court, that's fun. Sabonis, pick and rolls with Trey Young. Being able to catch it on a short roll and lob it up to Capella—that's fun. Mm, yeah. Problem is, you can't stretch the floor as much without Collins out there. But yeah, Collins was the second best player on that Hawks team last year. I mean, it was either Definitely. him or Capella, depending on the game. And he's um, Bo he's a bouncy too, fucking yeah. dude. And he and he's really yeah true. Can't forget about Bogdan. Did not make the list? He's twenty. He's like older, way older than you would think. I think he's twenty seven or twenty. And he's had a bad year. Yeah, he has been down this year. What if, What if John Collins was on the Bulls? That'd be huge, okay, Jack. There are, okay. dude,
2: I mean, I see every single four on here, and I'm like, what if the Bulls had this guy? What if the yeah, Bulls
1: dude, had this guy? He'd be such That's a, he'd not be, what this
0: podcast is I'm for. I'm just
1: saying he'd be a great four for the Bulls.
0: We can move on.
1: <laughs> yeah, who are you going to trade for him? you going to trade Kobe White for him? I don't know. I'm not the GM. It's not my job yeah, to figure nobody wants. Out.
0: Nobody wants to fucking let go of Kobe White for some reason. Um, all right, number 21 was... a. Uh, our most recent number one overall pick, it's Cade Cunningham, a 20-year-old from Oklahoma State playing for the Detroit Pistons. 16 points, five boards, five dimes, 40% from the field, yuck. 32% from the three and 85% from the line. Cade, I don't know where you guys stand on him. I was very high on him coming into the draft. I'm still really high on him. He, I mean, his highs have been tremendous. His lows have been, eh, they're, they're fine. They're not like basement low. They're like... I don't know. Middle class low, I guess you could say. And I, I don't know. I think his floor is always going to be really high. But, you know, considering the factors, to only 25% of this is who you want to start your franchise with, but 50% of this is how have you played this year. 16, 5 and 5 doesn't really stand out.
2: It's, it's good for a rookie. And I think that he's exactly where he should be on this list. Uh, and I like what you put down on the spreadsheet that this is the worst version of K that they were going to see. Um, mm. he's so smart and he's so adaptable. Um, you know, he can play a lot of positions, but you know, that's why he's a guard. It's, I mean, he's essentially a point forward. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to continue to grow. Uh, I just don't see Cade Cunningham regression coming anytime soon. Uh, you know, and it looks like Jeremy Grant is on his way out. So he's going to have more of a responsibility. Um, and that'll give him more time to develop his game. So 21's a great spot. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm curious what they get back for Grant. I don't know what they would go for necessarily. I'd like to see him with a solid shooting guard. I really like Sadiq Bey. I think he's a three, and I also love Beef Stew, who's a solid five. But I think if they could just pair him with somebody like a Caruso, who is like very good defensively, I'm not saying they're going to trade him for Caruso or anything like that, but you God, know, somebody no. in that mold... Or a Drew Holiday esque player that is defense forward first, but can also stretch the floor. I think that'd be great for Kate because he's a great defender in his own right. And Killian Hayes has been very underwhelming for two years now, so he's really good offensively. But I don't know if he's going to put it all together offensively. Um, he's one of two rookies on this list, though. Uh, but we're not going to talk about the next rookie till a little bit later. So number twenty is um, the best rapper in the NBA, not named Anthony Edwards. It's Facts. Miles Bridges. MB sliding on this joint. 23 years old for Michigan State, plays for the Charlotte Hornets. Carter has a big old smile on his face because he just realized that Miles Bridges is averaging 20 points a game and seven and a half boards, three and a half dimes, 48% from the field, 32 from three, 77 from the line, plus two stocks. Is he the – I mean, I think he's the perfect – like. Second partner for Lamelo, not just from like a play style standpoint, but just like looking at their chemistry. Like those two are fucking thugs. Yeah, dude. Like those I, those guys are
1: some dogs. I got to see them play in Milwaukee this year, and they were so fucking fun. They just have so much bounce. They're both so athletic and quick. I mean, it's one of the most entertaining fast break duos in the NBA, if not the most. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like the the shit that they the Jamal pull Crawford.
0: off. I don't
1: I don't watch that many like Hornets games, but whenever I see a highlight that says Miles Bridges or LaMelo Ball on Twitter, I click on it. I have to watch it. They're so uh, entertaining. They're so fun.
2: That is why they post them so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, they're so fun. Miles I mean,
2: Bridges should be hi- should be higher on this list. Wow, okay. I agree.
0: Make the case.
2: Miles Bridges is um nearly a complete player in my eyes. Mm-hmm. He is so good at defense. He is a rebounding machine. I mean, he I'm like, he's almost at eight, and they have him out there guarding guards most of the time. So he's at the top of the key. But like the guy eats up boards, and I think that stat's gonna go up in the future. Two stocks is great. Uh, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter, but 32% is better than what I thought uh I was gonna see there. Um, he's an underrated passer. He's a supreme scorer, and he is mean as fuck. And I think that that's a trait that uh, is highly, highly valued in today's game.
0: It should be. There's a lot of softies out there. So, yeah, having a thug on the court is never a bad thing. Um, All right, number 19. (laughs) This guy was um, a starter in the NBA Finals two years ago. He's going to be the sixth man of the year this year. He's at minus 1,000 odds on FanDuel to win sixth man of the year. He's averaging the 23rd most points per game in the league. He's averaging 21 points, four rebounds, uh, five assists on 43, 39, 87 splits. He's 22 years old. It's Tyler Harrow, Tyler Hero, another guard from Kentucky on the list. I mean, the Miami Heat got one on Tyler Harrow. This is a guy that's like, this dude's ball of this year. I know he was down last year, but he's got that daddy energy that Fred VanVleet Musted up mm-hmm. with that thick instagram girl that he's married to or dating whatever i don't know um but yeah this guy's uh he's fun to watch like i i've i come around to tyler harrow i used to think he was a total tool um pd's buddy played against him in aau and he's just like the biggest douchebag in the world um pd sent him a snapchat when he was in kentucky and he just replied like flipping him off he called pd a loser so That's i tell that kind of stuff is like really cool like i love those kinds of guys now that i think about it so i don't know i'm in on tyler hero but like would you start your franchise with him i don't know probably not but he's definitely a third or fourth best player on a championship level team i mean we we have proof in the pudding like it literally happened his rookie year in the bubble yeah and i mean he snapped in the bubble and i know a lot of people did but his
1: was for like the duration of the bubble so it can't be disregarded i mean and he's Last year was a little bit of an off year. It was for, I think, most of the league. But yeah, he's fucking killing it this year. I think he the best team in the East as of right now. Um, and he's only fucking 22. It's wild how young these guys are. It's, it's like the ages, like, blows me away more than the stats. And I think it's because everything feels so fucked up because I mean, you've said it so many times, but there's been like eight seasons in the last two years. <laughs> So these guys have like gotten like two and a half seasons under their belts in like a year and a calendar year and a half. So these guys are just like racking up experience and accolades so quickly. It's just nuts.
0: Well, I think we can talk about him in tandem with number 18 on the list, Lonzo Ball, point guard from UCLA, plays for the Chicago Bulls. 24 years old. Surprised to see he's only 24. Averaging 13 points, 5.4 rebounds, five assists. On 42 from the field, 40 or sorry, 42.3 from the field, 42.3 from three, the exact same percentages, which I thought was funny. 75 from the line, which is way up, and then 2.7 stocks. Now, I know the 13, 5, and 5 doesn't blow you off the page, but if you've watched any Chicago Bulls games this year with Lonzo Ball on the court, you notice a difference. Like, he, his rookie year, he shot 45% from the free throw, and now he's nearly shooting that from three, and he's a top three defender at his position, along with Caruso and Drew Holiday. I mean, you guys have seen it more than anybody else in the world at this point. I'm sure you've watched pretty much every Bulls game with him in it, at least. Like, he's reinvigorated your franchise. I don't know if the Bulls are where they are right now if they don't make that Lonzo Ball deal. I completely agree. Yep. Anzo ball does
2: what he needs to do, man. And that's, uh, and like, that's all I really have to say about him. He is, um, he doesn't overstep and I think he was doing a lot of that, uh, um, the first two teams that he was on, um, doing more than he needed to putting up too, too many shots, uh, you know, getting to the line too much, dare I say. Uh, and, you know he's found a role on a Bulls team where there are other guys to back him up to do things that he's maybe not as good at. Um, I mean he's shooting almost forty three percent from three. That is so impressive. He was a ter- he was a terrible three three point shooter to start his career, and he was an even worse free throw shooter. Like it, it did. And um, <clears throat> I would love to see where he can go from here stat wise because if he's improved that much, you know, um. I want to see uh, him – I feel like the start of the season was his absolute best, like the first 15 or 20 games, and I think he's regressed just a bit. He's also been hurt. He's been out a little bit, but, um, yeah, he's another guy where I think 18 is a perfect spot for him.
0: Jack, anything else on Lonzo? I mean, this is your your chosen child. He's part of the nucleus of your team going forward. I mean, he – like Carter said, like, I don't think the Bulls are where they're at without him. I mean, he's just
1: like he's so good at like the intangibles. You can't really teach what he does. He just has this sense. He's like a quarterback. We've compared him to a quarterback so many times. Especially when he gets a rebound. He's just able to read the floor so quickly. Um and the Bulls have done a pretty like a pretty good job of create like developing a team that kind of has people that can do a little bit of everything. Some guys maybe aren't as well-rounded, but there's kind of somebody to give you a little bit of something. And Lonzo doesn't shoot that well or hadn't before. He can kick it out to Levine. Fucking DeRozan's hitting more threes this year. Kobe White's been pretty solid. Um, So, yeah, dude, he's just a spark plug. I fucking love him. I'm so glad he's on the Bulls. We wanted him on the Bulls for a while once the rumors started. I think he just wasn't in the right situations to start his career he got thrown into a weird Lakers situation that was like when the Lakers were kind of like the old Knicks. Like he had so much pressure on him. He's supposed to be this franchise-changing guy, and he's just clearly not number one guy. He's just the ultimate role guy. He's like today's point guard. He's like –
0: if he was like
1: what Rondo was for in for the
0: Celtics. I was going to compare him to Dennis Johnson for the – for the Celtics in the 80s. That's funny. We both picked Celtics. That's point how point I too. think of
1: Lonzo is like the modern-day Rondo.
2: I am so happy that both of you guys said those names. Um, Drew Holiday, Tony Parker, Derek Fisher. Mm. You you look at the history of championship teams and you look at the point guard position and it's not typically a superstar. I mean, Steph is a serious outlier. right? But right. it's always guys that play good defense. They shoot efficiently. Yes. And they do cool shit like they they do all of the basketball dork shit better than most guys. Right. They're they're like they're top tier role players. Um, And, you know, we just named off five or six guys that I think like you can put them all in the same bubble as Lonzo. A point guard like that to me is by far the best point guard you can have on a team if you want to win a championship. Period.
0: P- period. Absolutely. If you if you can't have Stephen Curry or Kyrie Irving or Magic Johnson, then you better go get you a Rondo or I mean, you know, like those people that you name, like those are people that are they aren't going to pop off the screen when you're watching them in February and they're not going to go over 40, but in the finals they're going to play essentially just like Matthew Delvedove on steroids. Matthew Delvedove was like the worst version of that, and they almost want to chip with him, but I digress. Um, all right, I, so this next, these next four almost belong, <laughs> almost five, five belong in tandem with each other. So we've got 17, 16, 15, and another tie. I, I lied. There's another tie on this list. A tie for 14. Ooh. I had to squeeze them in. So number 17 is Jaron Jackson Jr. He's 22 years old. He also played at Michigan State. 16.4, 5.7, one assist on 41, 31, 81, plus four stocks. That's crazy. Number 16 is DeAndre Ayton, 23 years old, former number one overall pick from Arizona. 17 and 10.5 on 64% from the field and 71% 71 from the line. Number 15 is Evan Mobley. The other rookie on this list, he's the only other rookie on this list, he is 20 years old at 15 points, 8 boards, 2.5 assists, 51-31, 69, plus 2.5 stocks, and then tied for 14, we have Bam Adebayo, 24 years old from Kentucky, 18.5, 10, 3.3 on 52 and 77, and Jarrett Allen from Texas, 23 years old, 16-11, 12 on 70% and 68% from the free throw line. Who do you want to talk about first here? Do we have to go in order? Do we have to talk about Jaron first, the unicorn?
2: No, we don't. I think we should talk about the best. I think we should talk about the best player out of these five. And it's insane that he's not higher. Deandre Ayton, by a long shot.
0: Deandre Ayton, Wow. Okay. All right. By a long, that is,
2: um, and like, uh, I can see your reasoning for some of these picks here, but having Evan Mobley above Deandre Ayton is, is insane to me. Um, DeAndre Ayton was, um, dude, a I truck. Mean, he was, dude, I, he was one of the best players on a team that was in the finals last year, packed stadiums. He had a fucking buzzer beater dunk. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. this, this guy, talk about another guy. He, he, he kind of reminds me of Lonzo Ball a bit where like that, where like the stats don't pop out to you, but he does his fucking job. And like that's what matters to me. you're pissed to me. Oh, you're passionate about <laughs> this. I, um, I'm 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 also not putting Evan Mobley above Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, okay, the 41 percent is bad by Triple J though. That's that's rough. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> that's, that's tough. It takes a, it yeah, takes a, a lot of jumpers. I want some bottom emphasis here. Seven
2: feet tall, but,
0: but uh, he takes a ton of jumpers. He has no post game at all. It's actually kind of disappointing. But I want Evan Mobley to prove it a little more.
2: Trust me. I think the guy is great. Um, and I like what you put down. Jaron Jackson Jr., except two years younger, but he's been more efficient than Jaron pretty much ever has. Um, but then it comes down to the defense. Evan's a fantastic defender. Jaron Jackson is top, tip top, right? Uh, Jared Allen. I, like, just seeing his name there is so, cra- like,
1: Another so freaking crazy. Another guy crazy
2: I thought was like 29
1: years old. I yeah.
2: Thought,
0: did he, I, I feel like he was suggested. on the
1: Nets with Brooke
2: Lopez. Also, right. a guy I thought was a bum like a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, me too. So it's so Awesome. And I have him on my fantasy team. He is winning me games this year because of like where I got him in the draft. I mean, people slept on this guy, but like the Cavs pay a big fucking cash like, he's on a big mm-hmm. contract. And I think it's because the Cavs have a good front office and like it's kind of showing right now. But to, uh, they saw what a lot of people didn't. It's a guy who's a supreme defender, a supreme rebounder. And, uh, I mean, the set, the 70%. You know, that's that's better than all than all these we'll guys because yours. because he does what he needs to do. Bam is a fifty-two, right? Mobley fifty-one. DeAndre's the closest. Uh, and then Jaron Jackson forty one. I mean, that's almost thirty percent lower. Um, you know, like he isn't a peer center, that's Steven Adams for them. But uh yeah, man, it just makes my heart sing to see Jared Allen in the same conversation as these other guys that like you know, had a place on this list even at the start of last year.
0: All right, so here's here's where I, I come in. You got two of these guys who have played in the NBA Finals, Bam Adebayo and DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre was fantastic in the playoffs leading up to the Finals. I think in the Finals, he wasn't as good as he was in the previous three rounds, but I'm not going to discredit him for that because he was so good in that Denver series, going against the best center in the world and absolutely balling out against Jokic. Did a great job defensively. Can switch on the perimeter, all of that kind of stuff. Jokic and Giannis. I think, right, my thing with Mobley is I've watched maybe six Cavs games this year, maybe, maybe less, probably four or five, honestly, and... That team is competing for, they're like two games back from the one seed, (laughs) and I don't know if that's the case if Evan Mobley isn't there. He gives you so much versatility defensively that it's actually sickening. They play 2-3 zone like 60% of the time, and when you watch him, he's not staying in one corner like you should in a 2-3 zone. He's fucking flying everywhere. I had this dream the other day about putting him at the top of a 3-2 zone and just giving people hell he's like the most athletic guy at every AAU game that is just wreaking havoc on the other teams and I don't know I find him personally disturbing to go against so I, I don't feel that way about really anybody else on this list offensively and then the 25% of who you'd want to start your franchise with I don't know if you'd start your franchise with so I think about it this way how much of that 25% like if you're to go 0 to 100% on that 25% if this makes sense like, would you, so like sixty percent of me would want to start my franchise with DeAndre Ayton, ninety nine point nine percent of me would want to start my franchise with Evan Mobley. This guy is an absolute freak. Probably should have been the number one overall pick in the draft. He's like one of those once in a generation players. People are comparing him to Kevin Garnett already, which is just disgusting. And I mean, he's only forty games into his NBA career, and he's still really, really polished. He'll work on everything offensively. I think he'll become a better shooter. So, and I just I respect what he's done this season alone. And you know, I mean. Jack, what do you think? Um, the I mean, the guys that stand out to me
1: among this group are Bam and DeAndre Ayton. Just for that finals experience, Bam with the all-star experience. Um, and Just in terms of their situations, I think of Jaron Jackson. I know he's been kind of injury-plagued to start his career, so it's probably been difficult to find that rhythm. I think he's got the potential. The Grizzlies have certainly paid him. like He has the potential. Um, But just in terms of like their current setups and where their teams are both currently at, I think Bam and DeAndre definitely stand out. Their teams are both number one in their respective conferences. Um, They've both shown, and especially Bam, just like being more of like the ability to be more of a stretch five. um, I feel like he's more skilled or he's like definitely a lot more skilled for a big man, for a center. He kind of fits like a more... He's kind of like a nice blend of like a classic big man and like a more modern one. But DeAndre, like last year in the playoffs, just like reminded me so much of just a classic fucking down low big guy. Um, mm-hmm. And what is he? He's only twenty three still. Like centers can take a little bit to develop. You got to get skilled. You got to get graceful in the post. So I think the more he just plays with this core and CP three to you know get him down low. I think I think he that's
0: the big thing
1: yeah he's got all-star potential like perennial all-star potential
0: i just i can't separate deandre Aiden from chris paul you guys know how much i fucking adore chris paul he's like my three favorite players ever and i just it's tough like i i'm, I'm sure he is too low like i'm sure he is but I, I don't know. There's just like a part of me that's holding back. Maybe it's because of what I've seen this year out of him. Like He's done his role, but I want to like he would be number one out of these five if he was giving me 18 and 19 instead of the 17 or if he was giving me 20 and 12, which I think he could do. And I think he probably will do at some point. Um, but I don't know. There's also the part like, I'm the kind of guy who's I want the low post center to give me buckets, but I also want that three pointer. Like, I just do, and I don't know if he's going to get there ever. Like, once he stopped taking mid range J's, he became way more efficient. So, so I don't know. Out of
2: all of these centers, though, and obviously Chris Paul stands out amongst them all, besides maybe Jaron Jackson because he's got jaw. Um, yeah. All of these centers have great point guards. You know, Kyle Lowry's right. probably low end. And then there's a guy that I see that we're gonna end the conversation with that I'm so happy is a twelve. But you know, every great technical center, down to earth center, um, needs that yin to their yang, right? That uh right point guard that knows how to feed them.
0: Mm. All right, let's go on to number thirteen and number twelve. We can talk about oh, this as yeah. a pairing. So um, another Kentucky guard, a bigger Kentucky guard, 23 years old, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. His name is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He has a shoe deal with Converse, in case you didn't know. 23 points, 5.5 assists, four, uh, f- 5.5 rebounds, 4 assists on 42, 28 from 3, 82% from the line. Um, went from 42% from 3 last year to 28% per- 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 this year. And then number 12 is Darius Garland, mm-hmm. a 22-year-old point guard. I don't even remember what college you went to. You guys are going to have to remind me. Vanderbilt Um, or Wake Forest.
2: Those those are like the same schools.
0: One of the two. Sure. Uh, 23 points. Or sorry, no, he's at 20 points, three rebounds, eight assists. And the day that this releases, on Wednesday, it will be his birthday. So he'll actually be turning 22 then. Um, 47% from the field, 36% from the line. 91% from the free throw. Sorry, 36% from the three, 47% from the field. I... I think if we did it. this list last year, Shea, Shea would be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been the case this year. I saw that he was shooting 28% from three, and I knocked him like six spots. I'm not going to lie. I think I had him at like number nine or something like that. And then I saw the percentages. I was like, boop, getting dipped. Um, but that's Darius low. Garland, boys. Darius Garland is a special, special talent. And with Sexton's injury, he's been allowed to breathe. And I think it's probably the best thing that's happened to the Cleveland Cavalier franchise since LeBron James got drafted, since Kyrie Irving got drafted.
2: Darius Garland is so close to being an all-star, especially with where the Cavs sit in the standings. Darius Garland's faster than De'Aaron Fox, or as fast. Oh, my God. Or as fast. Holy shit. He is a flash. And also, one thing that I did, so Darius Garland was drafted fifth, I think, and he played four college games. So he got the Kyrie treatment, and, and he got that treatment for a real reason and that's because he's just supremely talented 47 36 91 is an incredible split that's 23 insane. and eight. so you go down and you look at you know fox is doing 21 4 and 5 so it, like very similar stats but the efficiency in which he's doing it um uh, like there's there's so much i could say about this guy um i i, I think the Cavs are sneaky close to being a great team
1: to be 22 years old and being that close to a 50-40-90 slash is insanely impressive. And the Cavs have been, like, the surprise team of the
0: year, I think. I mean, they're good. Absolutely. Absolutely the surprise team of the year. Nobody had them, like, nobody thought they would be two games out from the one seed. You know what their overall the wins
2: was on FanDuel?
0: I'm going to say 37 and a half.
2: 29.
0: Wow. Wow, they blew that out, and that's a credit to Bickerstaff. He's done a great job with that team Coach to run the 2-3 zone Carlisle style. That is sick. Like, Coach he of saw, the year. He had, he's like, okay, they signed Lowry Market, and they drafted Evan Mobley, and I already have Jared Allen, so what am I going to do? Fuck it. I'll just make all of those guys cover for one another, bring Kevin Love off the bench, and I'm going to start Okoro and Darius Garland, and we're going to be a nightmare defensively, and we're going to figure out an offense through this guy. If they don't have this guy and they have Colin Sexton in his place, It's different. He's just a more selfish player. And Garland is, like, very selfless. Like, he's not – like, he is – like, LeBron will do a thing where, like, he goes out of his way to get other guys involved, and I've noticed that with Garland. He's like, if Okoro isn't having a good shooting night, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get him, like, some kind of play where he's going to cut. He's running their offense at 22, and when you hear people in that organization talk about him, they have the utmost respect for not just his talent but his brain. And that's what separates the Chris Pauls from the world. The Kyrie Irvings, the Stephen Currys, they just – Think a couple steps ahead. And I'm I'm really, really happy for Cleveland because it's been pretty tough since Braun left, which is natural. It happens in every organization. But they got a special guy in Garland. He's uh yeah, my
2: only gripe. And this segues into the next episode with Ben um is uh you know, he's not as involved down low. I don't think he gets as tenacious as some other guards in this league. Sure. Yeah, uh, we don't see him bash on
0: people very often.
2: The speed cannot be discounted. You know, he's... I mean, I think he's the fastest player in the league because Russ has lost a step or two. Like, he's still Mm -hmm. top three. Fox is just naturally fast. But Darius Garland, uh, speed kills, and it's actually a little bit rare in the league too. So, you know, to see supreme speed like that and uh, the shooting at an efficient clip with that sky's the limit for Darius Garland.
0: All right. We will see you guys tomorrow on the next episode of the Throw of the flow. We're doing back-to-back episodes tomorrow. We'll be doing the top 11 players under the age of 25 years old. Stay tuned. We'll have Carter. Will you be back for that episode? Um,
2: I might make a guest appearance. We'll see.
0: Hopeful. Hopeful. I'm looking at the um, top. Well, Jack and I will be here. back yeah. Yeah. with, uh, Ben Masterson, uh, our resident Spurs analysis, so make sure to tap into that. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We're happy to be back, and we're happy to cover the NBA the rest of the season with you guys. Peace out. Good night. Love you. All right.